Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help, prayer of any kind, or if you give your life to the Lord today, send us an email at church@thecrossing.cc. We would love to hear from you so a member from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. Morning to everybody joining us online there. So glad that you're joining us. I tell you, I love summer. I love this time. I love the heat. I know some of you are like, no, get away from the heat, man. I love it. I like to get out there and run in it. I like the sweat. I love summer. And I also like that vacation is coming. Excited about that too. Can't help that. Gang, I do want to encourage you though, our summer life groups, uh, you'll see the tables and all out there. It's a great way for you to get connected to other folks. Uh, have fun with some other folks, build some friendships over the summer. Uh, obviously, we'll have them. We always have. This is just a part of who we are. It's how we connect to one another. So I just want to strongly encourage you to find a, find a group that fits you and start getting together with other folks. Amen? Amen. And I also want to say again, to, uh, you, I'm repeating all the announcements, but uh, tonight is different. We've not ever done a family camp, and so we've got a special guest coming in. As soon as service actually ends in the second service, they've got a whole bunch of stuff they're setting up, and it's going to be something. But we love our children, and I really believe Dakota and that team over there, Pastor Dakota, is just, I think they're the best yeah. in the world. I think our children's ministry is second to none, and so I'm so thankful for them, and I'm thankful for the ministry that will be going forth both to our children but also to, to, to parents alike. So it'll be different. Now, now, if you're thinking, now, is this revival night? No, very different than revival night. So be really focused on kids, and, but it'll be fantastic, and all of you guys will have fun, all right? All right, let's get into our series. Now, uh, we have been in a series, and you can open your Bibles. I'm not even sure where to tell you to open to. Uh, you know what, wait till I tell you. I've got so many scriptures. You may want to take notes. And uh, kind of catch me if you can. You might want to go back and review this message because uh, you were talking about doctrine. So I've got to use doctrine to talk about doctrine. And uh, we've been in a series now out of Hebrews chapter 6. And, and again, I don't have time to rehearse why we went into it. Uh, very simply, just because there's so much confusion and so much deconstructing of the gospel and the way that the, the scripture's been written and our values as believers as given to us by Jesus. It's important that we go back and examine what are the foundational doctrines that, that we've been given. And Hebrews 6 tells us uh, the, these, are the, these are the doctrines that you should know. And so uh, I've gone through them, laying on of uh, the, uh, let me go through them real quick here. I've got them. Uh, the ones we've done so far, the resurrection of the dead, our bottom line there is we live with an eternal perspective. Every Christian should live this way. Repentance from dead works. The, and our bottom line with repentance of dead works says, let the Bible define how we should live, then agree and act accordingly. Right. This is basic foundational Christianity. We talked about baptisms. And again, we baptized nearly 170, 180 people. I can't really, I can't remember actually, but a lot. Because we just went through the basic foundation and we actually extracted beyond the tradition, and that's the beauty of this series, is we're extracting, it's sort of taking it out of just being a tradition that we do and getting back to why it became a tradition right. so we can get the power that it was intended yeah. 
So we went through baptisms and then a bunch of us, me included, jumped in that tub and said, I want everything God has for us. And that's what baptisms is about. We pursue all that God has for us. I encourage you to go back and look at those messages. Uh, Last week, we talked about faith in God. And our bottom line there is this, no matter what, we trust God. Now, little pastor insight. Uh, Today, I had fully intended on doing laying on of hands and eternal judgments. And I'll tell you why I was going to do two, and I told the staff I was going to do two. It's because when I looked at laying on of hands, I thought, eh, that's terrible, isn't it? I'm like, eh. I mean, and so I had a seven-minute version of laying on of hands. So I'm going to give you the seven-minute version of laying on of hands, and then I'm going to tell you what, what happened to me to interrupt uh, I will tell you next week we're going to talk about eternal judgments. So we're talking about <laughs> laying on of hands this whole time. And uh, I'm excited about next week. Uh, but I really thought this would be a quick kick. And uh, so anyway, so you, you time me, all right? So here, here are the three basic uh, reasons for the laying on of hands. Why? When people come up here, we lay hands on, or reasons why we would lay hands on people. The first one is to confer blessing. To confer blessing. I'll talk more about blessing in a second. Mark 10, 16 says, and he took them, the children, Jesus, he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on these children, and he blessed them. Everybody say, bless them. Mark 14, 19, and 20 says, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them. He broke them, and he gave those loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave it to the multitudes. He he spoke instead of the limitedness of what he had in his hands, he spoke the blessing of God over it, what God was capable of, and the intent of God over it, and fed the 5,000. So one is to confer blessing, and again, we're going to return to that thought. Number two reason uh, is to affirm God's ministry call and authority on another, much like when we had Pastor Christine come up here and we laid our hands on her, the elders, and we prayed over her. It's to confirm that. Here's what the scripture says, Acts 13, 2 says, Uh, One day, uh, uh, as the the men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for a special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1, 6 says, therefore, uh, young Timothy, Paul speaking, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So a second very practical reason we, we practice in church the laying on of hands is when we're, we're, we're really affirming that we see God's work in a life. We see these gifts that the Holy Spirit's made available and we pray and we simply confirm what's, what's probably already stirring in another person's heart. And this is how ministry and authority is, is conferred, if you will. It's, we're just affirming with the laying on of hands. Nothing magic about any human's hands. It's just a, an act to say God's flowing to me, and now he's flowing through me to confirm this in you. Everybody with me? I'm still within my seven-minute quick kick. And the third reason, and I'll conclude our message today and send you home, is... Uh, To minister to the needs of others. These are the three biblical reasons we see the laying on of hands. When the sun was setting, Luke 4, 40 says, when the sun was setting, all those who were sick with various diseases were brought to him and he laid his hands on every one of them. This is Jesus, how he healed. And he healed them. And demons also came out of of many crying and saying, you are the Christ, the son of God. So by laying on of hands, 
It's another way that we release power. And by that point of contact, we can see healing and we cast, cast out demons. We had a powerful service. If you've ever been around Justin Coggins, he is a lay hands on you, cast it out kind of guy. And uh, so uh, Luke 5, 12, very similar, says, And it happened uh, when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you could make me clean. Then he put his hand, uh, he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was all gone. Glad you came this morning. Uh, that was my seven-minute version. And then I was going to go straight into eternal judgments and, and oh. But um, so what happened that messed this all up was Friday I came in here and began to pray about our message today and to pray about you being here. And uh, the Lord began to birth something in me about the laying on of hands and what it is and why we do it. And the more I prayed and thought and studied, the more this thing bubbled up. So I, I want to push you a little bit. I'm going to give you a, a bit of a bottom line. The laying on of hands, yes, is symbolic, and there's a practical reason for it, and that's why in these altars and in church practices we lay hands on. If you saw uh, uh, King, King William, who, who, who's the king of England right now? Uh, Charles, good Lord. Uh, Brian, I just had a, had a senior moment, I guess. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Charles, so they had a time where if you saw that ceremony where they put the, the covers around him so that you couldn't see, and they had a private anointing session where they rubbed oil on, and basically they were saying, by the power of God, we, we confirm the authority that God has given you to rule. And powerful, I think that's, I was just powerful. Well, so I was praying and, and thinking about this. Uh, everybody in here is called to, to, to this basic doctrine, and I'll say it this way. There's something that God is doing in you, and he wants your life to touch the lives around you with exactly what he's doing in you. And I want to use a word that is so familiar to, it's as familiar as baptism. And it probably, you pro probably rolls off your tongue with as much excitement as baptism used to. You know, when we talked about baptism, we basically resurrected the, you know, get saved, go get in the water, receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, sort of the check the box traditional approach. And we ignited the, the real power of it Here's the word. Everybody say the word blessing. 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 Yeah. Right now, we use the word bless when somebody sneezes. What in the world? And, and it's sweet and it's kind. But the more I, I looked at this, uh, here's, every one of these is a blessing. Here's what, here's what blessing is. Blessing is to speak the intent of God over another person or over a situation. Yeah. It's to declare, uh, say it this way, the scripture I, I, I quoted earlier, um, Galatians 3.13, that says, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. And the, the curse that, was, that came on this earth, when, when uh, it, understand this, God is a redeemer. Yeah. Jesus came to redeem, came to restore. And when mankind sinned, God said, cursed is the earth. That curse came. And basically what that means is the order that God had originally intended, he said, uh-uh, I'm going to leave it to y'all to make a mess for yourself. 
And if my life is not in something, guiding it and pushing it into my order, it's going to be a mess. And this is where we got sickness and disease and murder and stealing and adultery and every sin under this. This is where the, the, the consequences of the curse came from. So when Jesus came, he came to, if you will, reverse the curse. He came to redeem us from the curse. Well, what, what does that mean? That means he blessed us. What is blessing? It means everything that God originally intended, it's to, to, to interrupt, if you will, the curse. That's what blessing is. It interrupts the trajectory of the curse to say, stop right where you're at. We're taking a new direction. We're going to head to where God originally intended your life to be. And when we speak blessing, when the old Hebrew daddies would, would speak blessing over their kids and their grandkids, they were saying, this is how your life's going to end up. You may be a mess right now, but you're not going to stay a mess. I'm setting you on a new trajectory. This will be your life. And as much as the arrival is important, the whole route there will be blessed because I'm changing. You're not heading toward where the curse is. You're heading toward where God intends it. That's the difference between, remember what he said to uh, Israel. I, I placed before you, Israel, life and death, blessing the life of God, blessing my intent, my will, and cursing the absence of my presence and the result of your sin. These are the two routes that each life is on. Everybody in here is blessed or cursed. Pastor, curse sounds like a witchy thing and all that. Uh, maybe I don't understand all the witch doctory thing. I'm telling you biblically, it simply has to do with this. God is absent. The mess that occurs without his blessing, it is cursed. It's just really that simple. I put before you life, death, blessing, and cursing. And here's a hint. Choose life. That's what God says to Choose life. So what I want to do over these next few minutes is, is to say, when we talk about the laying on of hands, yes, there's a practical but the deeper meaning has to do with every life in here has, you have the potential to touch this world with the blessing of God. Yeah. Pastor, is everybody who is saved blessed? Sort of. Yes, God has blessed and said, this, this is how your life, this is how, let, me, let me read your scripture here. I'm a little excited, can you tell? Uh, I, really, this, I, I started thinking, man, we could walk out of here today. This could be my, my favorite one after we get done with this. Uh, I was going to quick kick it. He's a restoring and a redeeming God. Blessing then means calling the, he basically says, here's the intent that I have for your life. When God's blessing comes, he, he redirects and he says, this is what you were created for, and I'm going to see to it that you get there. Uh, think of uh, Romans 8. Uh, York read some of Romans 8 today. It says, whom he, pre, whom, he, whom he foreknew, he did predestine. What does that mean? That means he knew you before you were born. To predestine means this. He gave you a destination before you started. And what was that destination? He predestined you to be conformed to the image of Jesus. That, what is predestined? It's blessing. It's God saying, before we start, I'm going to tell you where you're ending up. And this is my will and my intent, and I'm going to drive you. You will look like Jesus. How many of you find it restful, even if you're facing a bunch of gunk right now, if you know it's going to turn out okay, yeah. you get peace. Right. When you have the blessing of God, 
on your life, you still go through junk. But you know, you're going to land on your feet. It's going to be okay. Give you a scripture here to show us the nature of God. Y'all okay? Yeah. And I could teach on eternal judgments, but I'm just excited about this. Isaiah 46, 9. To bless is to declare God's intent. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. Recall in other places he said, My ways are not your ways, thoughts not your I don't do things like you do them. I don't function. Your instincts tell you to do one thing, and, and I seem illogical. Trust me, you're the illogical one. My ways are not your ways. Thoughts are not your thoughts. I do things a certain way. H how does he do things? Again, we looked at it last week from faith. We're looking at life with all these things going on in our life and all the objections and struggles we have in our life looking that way. He's on the other side. He knows where we're going. And so when uh, faith, as we talked about last week, is seeing life from God's perspective. God says, I, 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 there's none like me. Here's how he does it. Declaring the end from the beginning. What is that? That's blessing. This is how our God is. He's a God who redeems and he blesses. And when we call him into our lives, he will, tell, he will declare, this is how this is going to end up. But God, this is a mess and I'm sick and this is different. I'm in dealing with poverty and this is that, the, fine. This is how it's going to end up. Once you hear God declare, this is how it's going to end up. Peace. I, last Monday, I, God visited me in my little upper room place in my house there where I was praying, struggling with some thoughts about something, a bunch of financial things regarding our future. And again, I, I, I shared with you here, I, it's been a while since I've felt debt, and I'm not a fan of debt, and uh, wrestling with it. And man, I felt like God said, Randy, Listen, this is how this is going to turn out. And he shared some things, and you can listen to last Tuesday morning's uh, devotional to hear more about it. But in essence, he, he just declared, this is how it's going to end up. Yes, you're going to have to go through it. Yes, you're going to have the pressure. By the way, guys, when we, we build that first phase, we're not done. This is what's on Pastor Randy's mind. I'm thinking, I'm 60 years old. i got to get this thing built, get it paid for so we can hand it to the next group, all these young folk up here. Man, they're going to be carrying this thing. I got to get this done so we can hand it to him. Lord, I'm running out of years. Man, I'm not dying anytime soon, but when you think of how long does it take to build and get it paid for and raise it? Man, I, so I probably worried more than I should. Man, God came to me and just, he stated, this is how it's going to be when it ends. There will be no debt. People will be getting saved by the thousands. Right. Yeah. You go through what you need to go through right yeah. now. And you know, I've got this in. I have declared the end of this thing. And man, I'm telling you, I haven't, I haven't lost a second of sleep this whole week. It's been amazing. And praise the Lord. That's how he is declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times. That word in the original language, it doesn't mean like when our, you know, thousands of years ago. It means before time began. I mean, before the thing began, he declared how it's going to end up. Things that are not yet done saying my counsel or my purpose shall stand and I will do what I please. Man, don't you love having a God that when he steps in goes, let me tell you how this is going to go. I don't need your suggestions. Let me tell you how this is going to go. This is how it's going to end up. This is my will, my purpose, and my pleasure. You're welcome to come along, but that's how it's going to happen. That's what blessing is. God calls you and me to pick up the sound of heaven. 
Hebrews, I love the beginning of Hebrews. Uh, no time to get into all these scriptures. Just write these things down. Hebrews chapter one, beautiful passage where it basically says, Jesus is the exact expressed image or person of God. He's the exact expression of God, some of those uh, translations say. Well, what does that mean? That means, uh, 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 that, that means that whatever, whatever sound God is making, whatever God expresses, Jesus was the conduit on this planet through a human body to, to express, to say what God is saying. That's what you and I are. We're to pick up, we're a prophetic people. Whether that word makes you feel weird, all that means is we pick up the sound of God and we move it not just to it, but to us, but through us. When we do that, what is that? We're blessing. We're speaking. You know, when God said light come forth, darkness didn't move. Darkness was just stagnant. But light came and pushed it out when God spoke. And when we speak, gang, we can actually affect the atmospheres. And here's what I'm just picking up. We're a people who are called to be blessers. And a part of the blessing that you receive is also contingent on your willingness to give it out. You think of blessing, we always think of money, uh, houses and gold hubcaps and all that. And that's fine. God does prosper us financially. But blessing is far more than that. I mean, your marriage can be, your business can be blessed. Your children can be blessed. I want to get you going this week just to begin to speak blessing. Not God bless you when somebody sneezes, but blessing. Thinking and understanding, wait a minute, I'm representing God and I'm saying, let the result that God has for this life. I speak the result God has for your life. I get an agreement and I breathe on that and I lay, if I can touch you, I do. But if I can't touch you, I'm going to, my life's going to touch yours. And we're going to speak blessing, the end result, like our God. To bless means to declare God's intent. Where's this thing going to go? Here's our problem. We are cursors by instinct. We like to curse. I don't mean cuss. That's another issue for another day. We're cursors by instinct and by our human nature. In other words, we measure people by their lowest moment. You can have a preacher that goes 25 years, millions saved, stuff going on all day. And, uh, you, know, you know, 40 minutes of stupid somewhere. And, and it happens. And I'm not covering. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. All of a sudden, that guy is tagged. All of what could be applaudable is thrown out. You know, some of you are old enough to remember the name Jimmy Swagger. Jimmy Swagger's doing ministry today. This, this is unfortunate. When I hear the name Jimmy Swagger, the first thought that comes to my mind is the debacle back in he, when he and Jim Baker, and I only use their names because they were public but I remember both of their debacles in immorality. That's been 40 years. Thousands have been saved since then. But it's our nature and it's nasty and it's stinky. And if we don't interrupt it, we'll go through life sizing everybody up, not by what they're doing, by, by this suspicion. We've got this thing going on in our head like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. We're hunting suspiciously. What's wrong? Uh, I don't know about that. 
Oh, and in the church, we're the worst. Man, we're Christians. And we're checking out all the preachers. I don't know about that. No, I know it's 6,000 sermons that were right. But he said this sentence, and he read out of this Bible. Oh, my God. Throw out everything the guy's ever done because of this one little thing. We're suspiciously, we are cursors. If we can see the absence of God and the absence of his presence, if we can somehow, we say it. Pull each other around. Hey, do you know this about so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. Just hunting for something, especially. It's nasty. Gang, I, I want to call you. And man, I got called on the carpet this morning. And when I tell you what it is, some of you are going to be shocked. I thought I was pretty good at this. I'm just going to tell you, you have to actually deliberately interrupt your human nature. Right. Yes. yes. You do. You have to just say, you know what? Because here's the thing, when you're fussing, when, like when I'm yelling at the TV about all the craziness about our government and our officials and all that, um, I'll just be straight with you, uh, about, about two years into the, to the Trump presidency, uh, man, I was hating the media and just and yeah, and go and blah, and yeah. And uh, man, I found myself just in turmoil, because here's the thing, my anger was, my soul was being soothed with my vengeance and anger. But my spirit was unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to, and it took, you know, and I don't mean, I'm not just blaming Trump. I'm telling you, you just, when the political news comes up, the hair on the back of my head usually starts to stand up because I'm like, oh, baby, you just say something. You look at me like you think I'm stupid and lie to me, and I will come through that TV. I mean, I just, it is a deal for me. Here, here's what I recognized. The strife and the anger in the air, I was soothing my soul with it, but but I was offending the Holy Spirit. We're gonna get down and dirty, right? This is grown up Christianity I'm gonna talk about today. And I have to make a decision about where my loyalties lie first. Am I gonna be led by the Spirit or am I gonna be led by my soul? And as fun as it is to be angry, and there's a scriptural time to be angry, but when it starts to consume you and it's all you talk about, it's all you talk about because it's all you're feeding in your brain. You're feeding your soul with all this anger strife and everything's going to hell in a handbasket and that one and this one and that one and this one. And it feels right, but you're neglecting your spirit and you become a cursor. You can't be a cursor and a blesser. Your spirit, the spirit of God, is not a cursing spirit. And the very people that, that I was throwing rocks at, Jesus actually died for them. I'm going to go ahead and get right down and dirty with you. I can't believe I'm doing this. So I, Friday and Saturday, I'm marching up and down, thinking through, Lord, is there anybody that, that I've, I've cursed? And I thought through all, I mean, you can't be a pastor and not have folks come in here and get at odds with and people say things. And So I went through a lot of the names of people who had come in and been really belligerent, disrespectful. And honestly, I, I forgave them, I, but I've done it a bunch of times. I'm, I, I almost called a name right there. I can think of the names of the people. And I just said, Lord, I've, 
multiple times said, Lord, bless them. Bless their finances. Bless their children. Bless their marriage. Heal his wife. His wife is sick. I think I'm clean there. No joke. I go to my office this morning. I actually feel a little righteous, like, I got this. I won't help some people who are struggling with this, but I got this. Not too real for you. And uh, a name comes to mind. I don't, I don't know this person, but I love to hate this person. His name is Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff has brought stuff out of me I didn't even know the devil had. <laughs> and I have just, now this, I'm, I'm, just I'm telling you this how, I thought, when his name came up, this is what I said to God. Oh, this thing's getting out of hand now. That's what I said. <laughs> I said, this, this thing's getting out of hand. And I am not joking. Pull up the scripture. I am not joking. In that second, that second, that very second, got this thing on my computer screen. I don't know how to turn the thing off, or I would. I can be, I can be at work, and a little, this, there's a little box on the right hand of my screen, and it'll just go, bing, it'll make that sound, bing. It'll sit there for about 10 seconds, and it's usually Ukraine has attacked Russia. It's like, oh, doy. Or some, you know, so-and-so's got a new swimsuit or I mean, just dumb stuff. If, if I could figure out what, how to get rid of it, it's just dumb stuff. Bing, little window. And I'm always like, get, I'm working. Literally, this is what, that thought comes and I say to God, now this thing's getting out of hand. Bing. I've never seen a scripture in my life come up on this thing. Maybe it has. Here's the scripture, Matthew 5, 43. This is what came up on my computer when I thought this. But I say to you, love your enemies. <laughs> Bless those who curse you. I'm telling you, there's not an ounce of preacher stretch in this. And I'm capable, but I'm not. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on evil. And good. He sends rain, that's blessing, to just and the unjust. Adam Schiff? <laughs> so here's what I did. I pulled his name up so I could see his family. Ironic as it is, his wife is named Eve. Adam and Eve. Not joking. <laughs> Daughter's name Lexi, son named Elijah. I said, well, then let's get busy. I bless him. I don't agree with him. I'm not trying to agree with him. I'm not even agreeing with me while I'm saying it. What I am agreeing with is God. That's what blessing is. Lord, I pray blessing over him. Blessing means the curse that he's living in and the results of the curse in his life. I'm praying for God to come interrupt it. That he would be saved. That Eve, Adam and Eve, would be saved. 
I pray for Lexi, his daughter, and I ask that you would bless her. I ask that you would touch Elijah of all names. Lord, interrupt the curse on his life. Again, I'm a tad lighter. I'm a tad lighter. There was some separation between, I mean, he's, he, I've got a handful of Adam Schiff types in my wallet that I just feel like I'm, I'm free to do. You know what? If I'm going to be loyal to God, even above my politics, which everybody should, right. and not just a little bit way, Say it. then I seek the kingdom first. Say it. My loyalty is to God and to what he's called me to. And if he tells me to bless my enemies, I'll give me another scripture here. Golly. I'm going to bring the plane down. Uh, but gang, this could, this could change your marriages. You have the blessed wife or the cursed wife that you choose to have. You have the blessed husband or the cursed husband that you choose to have. A whole lot can change by you aligning yourself with God and begin to speak it. You don't have to feel it. I certainly didn't this morning. First Peter 3, 9 says, don't repay evil for evil, but uh, don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That's the Bible. I go back to what our, our, our friend from Israel said. We have to obey. He's God. We have to obey. That was one of the most refreshing statements I've heard in years. We have to obey. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's God. Don't retaliate, but pay back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will bless you for it. I like a little incentive. He'll bless me for it. My divine inheritance, I get into a reception. For the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work. Everybody say work. work. Work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers. So this is something that actually inhibits our prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Think about Jesus. He was completely entitled on the cross when they were hurling insults, pulling at his beard, cursing him. If I, I mean, it's good for y'all. I wasn't Jesus. I would have caught them on fire. <laughs> Jesus said, I could call 10,000 angels. I'd have been, I'd, I'd have been like this. <laughs> 10,000 sitting out. Yeah. I could have. But what did he say? I'm not going to, here's the thing. I'm not going to join their spirit. I'm not going to. I'm not going to return in the same spirit. I'm going to return in the opposite spirit. I'm not going to let my spirit get infected. You know, when somebody starts to pick a fight with you, it, it ignites the same thing inside of you. That's why when you watch politics, strife starts to rise inside of you. Your feed, that's what we feed our soul with. Jesus said, Lord, forgive them. They're ignorant. They don't know what they're doing. They're ignorant. He didn't mean it as a personal insult. He just meant, they don't know what they're doing. Game. That's what we're called to do. This word bless, if we'll bless, God will bless us. 
this all kind of started because Thursday I went to lunch, and I'll, I'll conclude with this. There's a whole lot of good messages that it isn't getting preached this morning. But Thursday, I go to a lunch and meet some precious people, some ministers and a pastor friend of mine. In the conversation, uh, the minister said, that, hey, do you know Carrie Kirkwood? And I don't know Carrie Kirkwood personally, but it's a name that I know. I know the group that he, he is with, powerful prophetic group. Uh, Olin Griffin, Pastor John Parks, my, my pastor, he was there. So I know the group. But, uh, and that's all. Do you know Kerry Kirk? So I get in my car to drive home and I start thinking of Kerry Kirk because it, 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 his name is special to me for this reason. My dad, when he was alive, uh, taught Sunday school, a far better teacher than I ever hoped to be. Just a serious theologian with a library like, it's insane. He's a brilliant man. But he was a teacher of our Sunday school. Some of you went to that Sunday school. And uh, one of the last series that he taught, I remember him calling me and saying, Randy, uh, it's my dad asking my permission. It's like, Warden Harvey can do what Warden Harvey wants to do. Uh, but he says, Randy, do you know Kerry Kirkwood? It's, he's the last guy that ever asked me that question. You know Kerry Kirkwood? I said, I know who he is. He's a good guy. He said, well, I just picked up a book called The Power of the Blessing. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I really like, I want to get you a book and I want you and Larry to come to the house. This was awkward for our family. Okay, I'm just telling you, it's just, it was awkward. Our, me and my dad and my brother, we didn't talk deep. Uh, my dad, I remember maybe 10 words. Our, our, our conversations were like, short. Huh, yeah, uh, don't. I mean, my dad didn't have a lot of patience for us. We, we come over for a Thanksgiving or something and dad wants to bless us. You know, and some of your families are closer than that. Our family didn't. It was a little like, okay. Um, and dad was serious. And when Warden Harvey was going to do something, Warden Harvey was going to do it. And man, he prayed these very sincere prayers over us. And he, and he proclaimed blessing, not just financial, blessing over our lives. Well, um, he said, you got to read the book. He got me and Larry both a book. Let's be honest. I perused it. Uh, 20, I, that's it. I knew Daddy picked, if Dad picked it, he, it's going to be a good series. I didn't have to check out his work. So 2015 comes, he goes to be with Jesus. All these years have passed. And at lunch, I hear Kerry Kirkwood. I hadn't even looked at that book. So I go and I had bought it on my iPad it wasn't even downloaded. I downloaded it. And I read just the intro. The intro, Kerry tells a story. Pastor Kerry tells a story. He's probably a man in his early 70s now. He tells a story of coming to work, and he's been just had a revelation about the power of speaking in the opposite spirit and speaking blessing. He comes to work to have his prayer time. And he said, when he pulled up in the parking lot, there was a truck there, and a big man got out and said, uh, Preacher, I need to talk to you. Call him Preacher. And uh, he said, This land over here, that 35 acres, I own that, and I want to sell it to you. And Pastor Kerry said, We don't want to carry any more debt right now. Uh, he said, Look, I'm going to make you a deal. I'm going to make you a deal you can't pass up. 
I'll finance it, no interest. You just start making payments. And he said, he was very intrigued, but he felt the Holy Spirit said, don't do it, that's not your deal. He said, God, did you hear those? You hear what he's saying to me? So it's not your deal. So they walk in the church, and the man, when he tells him, I don't want the land, the guy got mad at him and said, I used to be a preacher. I went to seminary. He said, and I also own my own company, and I'm a millionaire. And my church told me, we either want you to pastor or be in business, but we don't want a, a part-time pastor. So I got up the next Sunday, and I told them, y'all can all go straight to hell, and I left them. And he said it with pride. He said, you did. He said, I did. He said, you know what else? I told my daughter. My daughter, all she wants, she's been pestering me all these years. All she wants is my money. And I told her, I don't ever want to see you again. And we hadn't talked in a year and a half. He said, you did. And in all this conversation, he keeps bringing up people. And I got a young man that I mentored. He was like a son to me in my company and brought him up in my company. And I just found out that he has been stealing money from my company and I have done all this for him, he can go straight to hell too. And, and Carrie said to him, sir, you're a cursor. He said, preacher, I have been to, I've been to seminary. I, I am not cursing. He said, not cussing. You're a cursor. I don't know what you're talking about. And he keeps going. There's a company that owes me $2 million and I've been trying to sue them and get that money back and they can go. And he just, thing after thing. He said, I'd had all I wanted to hear from him and I just wanted to get out of the conversation. He said, sir, goes back and gets two or three CDs from his teachings on blessing. He says, here, listen to him if you want to, but our conversation's over. So he said, in 24 hours, the guy calls him back says, preacher, and he says, I have a name, preacher. I had to go deal with a well hell, a well head. I've been saying hell so much, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to go deal with a well issue, and while I'm sitting there in my truck, I decided to put your, your, your teaching in, and he said, you know what? I started, I started to try it. So while I'm sitting there in my truck, I start speaking blessing over my daughter. I start praying for her, for her children, and for our relationship, and I blessed and spoke blessing like you taught it to, formulate a blessing. Think about what's God's intent for their life and begin to speak that. I begin to do that. She called me this morning and said, Daddy, last night I had a dream, and I saw myself leading singing in a church that we were in. And while I was there, God spoke to me and said, you need to go back and repent to your dad and go back home. And she repented to me, and I repented to her, and we reconciled today. This stuff works in a hurry. <laughs> he said, man, well, praise the God. I'm glad that works for you. A couple of weeks passed, and he calls again. He said, you remember the young man that I mentored that I was going to fire for stealing from my company? I do remember it. He says, I started praying for him, and I blessed him. And he said, you know what? That young man came in my office and told me everything he had stolen, returned it to me, and asked me to forgive him. And I forgave him. And he said, you know what? 
The company, so we go on another couple of months. He calls in two months. You know that company that owed me $2 million? I decided to start speaking blessing over them. You know, the, the owner of that company called me after lawyers and suits and everything. He called me and he said, uh, his name was Ray, I think his name. Come get your check. We not only have your $2 million, but the interest on it. Come get your check. We've had a very prosperous time. He said, but this is the toughest one. There's a man that my wife cheated with. And I've been looking for ways to hire somebody to kill him. That's what a cursor sounds like, by the way. And I thought, well, gosh, it's been working on all these other things. So I began to speak blessing over his life, saying, God, you have an intent for that man's life. And I'm going to speak and pray over his life. And he said, you know what else I did? And this is crazy. I saw in the scripture that God loved so much that he gave. So I wrote out a sizable check. Not only to speak blessing, I blessed him. And all of that anger and that hatred separated from me. And he said, well, praise God. He said, this is fantastic. And you probably know how the story ends. Six or eight months later, uh, Carrie gets a call from him. By this time, he's calling him Pastor Carrie, not preacher. And he says, Pastor Carrie, uh, that land, last night, God dealt with me and I hadn't slept all night. And he said, that land belongs to the church. You give it to him. He said, so you need to come get it quick before I change my mind. <laughs> And God blessed and gave him that 35 acres. Gang, I believe this is more powerful than, than I was giving it credit for. I knew it was powerful. But the ability for us to be conduits, to, to operate in the opposite spirit, and gang, it's not going to come natural to you. Here's the thing. You're of an incorruptible seed. That's your nature. And your nature is to curse, to hurt, to get vengeance, to get back. But you were born again of an incorruptible, an always life-giving nature of God. You have a new nature. You do have to choose to operate out of that nature. And if you do, you not only release yourself, but you open yourself for the blessing of God to flow to you and through you. I want to invite you today to commit to a new life. I tell you, I got called on the carpet this morning. You know what? I feel a little, I feel like a silly boy right now. Just every little bit of that stuff that I can find in me, I'm going to get it out of me. Right. And I'm going to speak blessing because here's what I don't don't want anything to impede the blessing of God. Is that a little selfish? Maybe. But it's good to have a little skin in the game. I got a little motivation. I want to I want to give away the blessing of God. So I just want to call you this week. Let your life touch the lives of the people around you and especially husband wives, wives husbands. Tricky tense situations in among other people, any place that you have unforgiveness or somebody stirring something that makes you just want to punch. Take a deep breath. You don't have to feel it at first. 
but respond in the opposite spirit and begin to say, God, I pray whatever your intent is for that life, I speak blessing on them, on him or her. I ask that you'd bless their family, bless their marriage, bless their children, bless them, God. Yes. And see what God might do in your own heart. You'll hear me? Yeah. Why don't we stand to our feet like prayer teams to come to the front. Pray for you and then York's going to close us out. I would encourage you to have somebody lay hands on you this morning if you're in need of any deliverance, any blessing, any healing, any affirmation. They might only say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. If that's all they say, receive it and go, thank you. That means the intent of God is interrupting any curse in my life. And my life changes today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your hand on our life. And thank you that everybody in here is now commissioned to be a hand of the Lord God, to lay hands on their world and the people around them, and to speak the blessing and the favor of God, to interrupt the curse and redeem lives. And in the same way, as your word says, to release the blessing over our life, that your full intent for our life could be fulfilled. And I pray over this church, be blessed. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Come on, York. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at The Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.